You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. We are here continuing our uh, 10 message points of the Father's House Church little mini-series. I believe we're on number seven this week, though I might be wrong. <laughs> it could be eight. Anyway, this, we're, we're nearly there. We've been uh, learning all about uh, just the foundations of what we believe. And today I have the incredible Steve Orsillo with me. Well, thank you. Incredible Steve yeah, Orsillo. I'm I being, like that. I'm being nice today. Uh, <laughs> My wife isn't here today for you to for her to argue with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Vicky is AWOL today, but she's having fun, hopefully. And uh, we get to keep diving into Jesus. But uh, before we before we do that, uh, talk about today's message point, how about we just take a moment, give us a check-in on our uh, what's happening at the Father's house. We are in full-on uh, mud-run mode, which means we're all, we're all building things and uh, obstacles and stuff for these kids, 3,000 yeah. kids that are going to sign up to um, just have the funnest, joyous experience, yeah. you know, while we you know, preach the gospel yeah. and um, share the love of Jesus and, you know, make God look good. Uh, we, he, if they would only look at him, they'd see he's way better than we can make him look. But if we can uh, somehow, you know, show them goodness and love, mm-hmm. they might want to know more about him. And so that's why we do this big event. But uh, as far as, you know, the church, it's, it's amazing how many people are coming out of the woodwork to come to church on Sunday and, and see us and visit us and get to know us. And um, there just is a, there's just a move forward in the Father's House Church with, I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm not one for hyping miracles and stuff, mm-hmm. but there's way more miracles happening, way more, just way more activity of the Holy Spirit, way more people finding the joy of the Lord, finding the love of God, you know, and deciding to then give their life to Him and love Him. So that's really what's going on in the Father's House Church, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, that's how I see it. It's vibrant right now. Lots of new faces. Yeah, like a, there's yeah. like a just an excitement and a vibration. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, I just you know, you lift up Jesus and He'll draw them into Himself. And yeah. so we're preparing through housing and everything else to have a larger crowd, yeah. a larger crowd. And you know, it seems like most pastors want a larger crowd. And me, I'm like, that's a you know, I can <laughs> I see people as work. So I have just have this terrible attitude, yeah. and. Uh, but I want more people. I, I, I do. I love work. Yeah. I love I love work, you know, that demonstrates faith and yeah. demonstrates love. That's good. Well, today for our message point, we're going to talk about uh, one of the key ones, which is living in his likeness. And this is one that you even wrote a book about. I did. We talked about uh, <clears throat> Follow Me As I Follow Christ, and you wrote the book Follow Me, which covers that, and this this one, uh, Living in His Likeness, you wrote the book In His Likeness, which I'm going to po- show to the camera right now, if you're watching the If video. you're on YouTube, huh? Yep. You can buy this on Amazon still, I believe, right? <clears throat> yeah. I haven't yeah. I haven't bought one on Amazon forever, yeah. but no, I don't know. I never have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. <clears throat> yeah. You pretty, can all... And it's on Kindle, too, right? So You could write me, and I'll, and I'll send you one, there but you go. nonetheless. So, uh in His Likeness by Steve Orsillo. If you enjoy this conversation today and you want to know more, or you've enjoyed all of our episodes really and you want to know more about uh, the message, this is a great 
book. It's one of it's probably my favorite that you've written out of the three, and I think it challenges us to be like Christ. But we'll we'll dive into that. So I'm going to turn to our scripture first. I think we're going to read from Galatians uh, chapter two, verse twenty. Uh, if you want to turn along with me, if you're reading. Uh, <clears throat> I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that is a different perspective on life, I think. That's a totally <laughs> different perspective. And I think I think when people say, I have been crucified with Christ, they... They, they don't really look into the life of Paul and what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul went on to be beheaded, imprisoned, mm-hmm. imprisoned with no crime, yep. um, mistreated. Even on uh, the ship, he shipwrecked on his way to Rome to appeal to Caesar. Um, he They were going to kill him, you know, like he's a prisoner, yeah. like as if he had done horrible things. And so he really was treated terrible, and he lived in a dirt hole of a prison. A lot of these... Uh, books. I wish I could remember where Galatians was written, but that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. The conditions of my life is that I'm crucified along with him, but he's also talking about that all of the penalty for his sin was crucified on the cross with Christ. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, Jesus took my life and you and, and, and put it on the cross and paid the penalty for me in my place, and I live my life as Jesus. So yeah. it's like we, uh, it's funny, um, you know, the, all of these movies where a, a kid and an adult, you know, like you have it so easy yeah, and they, and they, they bump into each other and they switch, you know, freaky Friday, all that, yeah, yeah. Freaky Friday kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the words. Anyway, the freaky Friday kind of transference of uh, personality. Mm-hmm. Well, that's honestly what Paul's talking about here is I live Christ. He became me. And then I hung on the cross with Christ. He took my life and and paid the penalty for my life. Now I live his life. And it's not, I mean, those movies are stupid. But this isn't stupid. Mm -hmm. This is real stuff. And Paul the Apostle is saying that, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the hope of glory any hope there is of glory is if I will allow Christ to live in me. Yeah, that's really good. So I think we that that's the, the rub of Christianity, right? We we like that first part of it, which is that my sin has been crucified with Christ, right? I'm I, I'm a new creation, it's done. I don't have we, to be punished. Right. We like that part. I of it. don't <laughs> have to be punished. But the No pain. Yeah. No, no nails, nails. No whips. Right. But the other side of it, which is now okay, the, the life that I'm now going to live, I'm living for him, is the bit, I think, where the, the rubber meets the road and we sometimes get yeah. run over by it. Yeah, and it's supposed to be I'm living in his place. Yeah. So when you read the Gospels and you see what Jesus has done, you know, the foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no longer to lay his yeah. head. And um, laying your life down for your neighbor and mm-hmm. being the servant of all, those are the things that... He says, you're supposed to be like me and you're supposed to be me on the earth in his likeness. So there was a a terminology uh, all my life. I heard of like the Anglican uh, leaders or 
others who call themselves the vicar of Christ, yeah. right? And um, they're the vicar. Who's the vicar at that church? Like, yeah. strange word. I never really knew what it meant. And I was, uh, I met a pastor in England who apologized for the fact that he was called vicar. Mm. And he thought that it was pretentious to call a man a vicar. So I wanted to know, what does this mean? Why would that be pretentious? And then I found out. In all my life as a Catholic, the Pope was called the vicar of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the pontiff, the vicar. And I wanted, well, what's this? This guy's embarrassed by it. And this you guy's called it, and he's the head of that worldwide denomination. What does it mean? And so I looked, and it's the replacement for Christ on the earth. Wow. Well, I also was offended by that at first. <laughs> like, who's, you can't replace Jesus on yeah. the earth. Who do you think you are? You know, kind yeah. of thing. And uh, I, uh, as I thought about it, and I read, and I went back and looked at the idea of being, you know, it is now Christ who lives in me. It is living the life of, it means that I live the life of Jesus mm-hmm. in his place. When people look at me, they're supposed to see Jesus. I literally am supposed to be the replacement for Christ on the earth. And so are you. And if there were at one time, there was one Christ on the earth. And if there really are 110 million Christians in American America and however many in all the other Western mm-hmm. countries, there ought to be 110 million Jesuses on the earth now. And if one could have the effect he had, how many could 110 million have? Right. And so we're supposed to make a difference. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the living water that flows and comes unending. We're supposed to be the blessed, the unending, the unending joy, the unending happiness, the unending pursuit of righteousness. And we're supposed to be all of those things that he was. And I suddenly realized this guy is apologizing for calling himself the vicar or for anyone introducing him as the vicar. It was apologetically. And I was like, and, and then, why would you pick one guy and call him the vicar when we all should be the vicar? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you study that word, it's just amazing that it means in his likeness. Yeah. We are his likeness on the earth. We're so, you look at me, you're supposed to see Jesus. You're supposed to see forgiveness and mercy. You're supposed to, you know, Jesus, people have an idea of Jesus, you know, that's pretty mamby-pamby. It's pretty light, light hearted is yeah, like soft oh you yeah. you know just real soft and and he wasn't at all he fashioned a whip and chased him around the temple out of zeal for his father's house and he he spoke the truth and people who resisted the salvation of the world he said get behind me satan and that guy he said that to became the greatest christian to ever walk the face <laughs> of the earth peter yeah you know the fisherman yeah and when he, you know, he said to me, I should walk in the shoes of the fisherman if I want to be like him. And um, I realized Jesus wasn't a fisherman. What fisherman should I walk in the shoes of? It would be Jesus. I mean, it would be Peter who became like Jesus. And I should try, I should try to walk in his shoes as he imitates Christ. And then Paul wrote, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And Peter said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. They both, they both made it real clear. Look at me. See who I am, see what I do, and do those things, and you'll look a lot more like Jesus. Yeah. And then the promise of Jesus, the greater things than I have done, will you do? Yep. 
And it just on and on and on, you know, the same spirit that lives in, in me will live in you. I do not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. The Holy Spirit will come to you and he will give you power from on high and he will guide you into all truth and remind you of all the things that I said to you. And it's so awesome that somebody trying to be the victor or walk in his likeness, people trying to walk in the likeness of Jesus wrote the Bible and the Bible is the most phenomenal thing mankind has ever produced. I took a guy on a tour of the dam the other day, and he says, I've never seen a big dam. I've, you know, only in pictures and stuff. And our dam is very big, and our spillway is running in this roaring, you know, I've never seen this, you know. It's like this wonder of the world. Well, there is nothing about a dam or a spillway that comes even close to the glory of God in our lives, the, the vision of his greatness, the vision of his wonder and love. And... Uh, and, and that is demonstrated to us through this book, the Bible. It is the most incredible creation of man there is. Inspired by God, yes, but so is concrete. Mm -hmm. So is air flight. So is the mighty ships that sail the sea. Yeah. So is asphalt roads that span continents. Mm -hmm. They're all inspired by God. Men following God had vision and learned how to use this creation and all these secrets he hid in this creation to build this amazing place we live in. I think about the glasses on my face. You know, it's the ability to learn how to correct my vision with glasses or, or hearing aids or even the fillings of teeth and yeah. how lucky we are to live in this time. We look at all of these creations and they are nothing compared to the Bible. But think about life without them. Think about life with old men can't hear and can't see and, and you know, and all of the things we have with knee replacements and hip replacements and heart replacements, right. all the things we have that are phenomenal wonders of the world. Well, the Bible is way more of a phenomenal wonder than that. And I can tell you most definitely it became, it came about, the Bible came about because men were living in the likeness of Jesus and he reminded them of all that he said, and they were able to to lay it out for us. It's really good. And and I mean, it is it is a wonder of the world. This book, yeah. and people want to say it's just a bunch of made up stories. It isn't. It isn't. There's phenomenal factual evidence to back it up. Yeah. It's it's just a it, it's a wonder. This book and a relationship with him. To, should be lived with the idea of likeness walking and living in the likeness of jesus christ and what did he do and what did he say he gave one command love as i have loved you mm -hmm. he demonstrated in one life what all of us all 110 million americans who claim to know jesus christ were all supposed to imitate that one life yeah i mean it just goes on and on and on we love to celebrate Christmas. We love to celebrate Easter. And it's one life. One life. Yeah. And if you read what he said about you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, do you want to have God as your father? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to have your sins forgiven? Everything he taught is it. do you want it? Mm. Well, to have it, he said, you must eat of my blood, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You must follow me. Or you cannot be my disciple. That's good. Deny yourself, pick up your cross. Or you cannot be my disciple. 
Love me more than mother, father, brother, sister, sons, or daughters, or you cannot be my disciple. Yeah. Give up all your possessions to belong to me. There's a hundred percent. Own nothing. Mm. Give it, give. Or you, and, he said, and he said it again, or you cannot be my disciple. Mm-hmm. I think every, if, every, if anybody was trying with any effort whatsoever to be like Jesus, you would have to consider those things he said about the command to love one another as I have loved you. A standard so far beyond any other standard we've ever heard. Jesus loved us by laying down his life and paying the penalty. Being accused, he did not accuse back. Being physically attacked, he did not attack back. And yet he had the power. That's what's most amazing. If a group of guys attacked me, I'd have no no ability to defend myself or attack back. Yeah. Jesus had minimum 72,000 angels mm-hmm. at the ready, 12 legions, yeah. waiting for him to call to rescue him. And he did not call. He did not reach out. Now, if I want to be in his likeness, I have to be willing to lay my life down for my neighbor. Yeah like he did not defend myself, not always seek my own rights as he did. It's good thinking, you know, thinking about Christ on the cross and his decision, right. To, to forgive them as they were, they were crucifying him. I think we might have talked about this last week or the week before, but he, he forgives them. And then just later we, we see an example of this living in his likeness, right. Where, uh, Stephen later is stoned and he, he echoes Jesus and saying those same words, right. The, the, father forgive them they know what they do when he's right. stoned to death and that that's there's no clearer example i think really of this living in his likeness moment of like how do we respond in that do we forgive when we're being unright you know unjustly punished do we are we gonna echo him and just that that thought of you know like it could have been some of the same soldiers doing doing the same thing yeah. again you know the yeah. same crowd same people and it's that right demonstrating of him and i think even the the the, the title christian right it wasn't a title that the followers of Jesus took on for themselves. It was given to them because they were like Christ, right? The, right. Was it little anointed one is the little anointed? Yeah. They, they recognized the similarity between Jesus and his right. teachings and the people that then claimed to be, I think in the start of Acts, it uses the term followers of the way as the first thing it starts right, to say. The way. And then later it, it morphs into this thing. Cause these people see, Oh, there's something about these people that's, that's like him. Mm-hmm. And I think our, one of our struggles in, in, the world today is that you look at the church and can we, would we be given that same title yeah. today? Of So what would happen was they would tell stories of Jesus. Yeah. Then these guys would come along and do the things they heard about Jesus. Yeah. And so they would call them little Jesuses. Yeah. Little, they call them the Christ, and so they call them little Christ. Yeah. And little Christ just meant little Christian. Yeah, little, yeah. Christian, you know, follower of Christ. Yeah. But it meant more than that. It meant imitator of Christ. And that is kind of passed from the face of the earth. That, You know, I saw um, a bumper sticker yesterday about, you know, if people look at us, let's make sure they think well of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's nice. And it could, God could be anyone in that bumper sticker. But if we would do it with the name of Jesus, there is no other name under heaven or on earth by which men can be saved. If we would just focus on doing it with the name of Jesus, that what his reputation is, we don't tarnish that relationship, that, that Mm -hmm. reputation that we don't make his, what how people look at him 
and, and worse because they looked at us. They don't, I tell this all the time that I've never met anybody that met Jesus and didn't like him. <laughs> I've met a lot of people that met me and didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people that met Christians and didn't like Jesus. But they really should meet us and love Jesus. They should see Jesus and really like him because we're good. We're, we, we are no threat. Um, we're, we don't victimize people. In fact, we minister to the victim. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So one of the things that uh, I believe, I'm gonna, I believe I'm going to quote this right, one of the things that was written in the cover of one of the first Bibles that you had, right, was other things that you're living for. Oh, yes. Dying yes. For. I opened it. It was a Revised Standard Version. I think my future sister-in-law gave me. Now she's my past sister-in-law. But um, she was marrying my brother, and she was so into, you know, so upset that I was reading Revelation, wanted me to read John. The night that and, you met yeah. Jesus. And yeah. then she gave me um, this Bible, and it was a black leather-bound Revised Standard Version. I flipped open to the, you know, the first, you just pull back the cover, and there's blank white pages before you start getting to uh, content. And it was written, there are the things you're living for worth Jesus dying for. And uh, I kept that forever. I, that, I have used that. I've asked that question of so many people. Are the things you're living for worth Jesus dying for? And I... I am inspired by that a great deal, you know. Um, he died so that I could live this life the way I'm living it, with faith, mm-hmm. with belief, with love, being loved. I mean, that's what shocks me about the Christian life is how much love is poured out for me and then how much love I get to give away. But mostly it's how much love is poured out for me. That's what shocks me is, you know, love comes out of the woodwork. And it's like, you know, this is what he died for. Am I living a life of love? Do I inspire people to love? And do I, do I then also inspire myself to love by trying to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus? You know, I, I could, you know, very definitely use another dose of being unoffendable. You <laughs> yeah. know, I think if I was to really add up my deficiencies, you know, really score myself. I'd have to score pretty low on the being offendable. Mm -hmm. And I really should want to score much higher on that. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be like Jesus, he, they would say horrible things to him, call him names, all of their put downs about he eats with sinners and blah, blah, blah. And he had such good, wonderful answers. Now he didn't preach the gospel much to the Pharisee, Mm -hmm. But he definitely lived the gospel and preached it in their hearing where they could hear what he was saying to others. Right. And, and when he would talk about leadership being, you know, blind guides and all the stuff he would say, it was just like, ouch. I mean, that would just be ouch. <laughs> this guy who heals the blind and cleanses the lepers and says your sins are forgiven and, and the, the lame get up off their pallet and carry it home. This guy says there's something wrong with me. I would hope instead of being offended, I would listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what um, this, this is just, it's just very amazing. This, this situation, yeah. this to read about Jesus and not fall in love with him. It's, it's hard for me to believe unless you just want to resist anything that would call you to be selfless. Mm-hmm. Like you got to stop being selfish. Well, I don't want to read that. <laughs> you got to stop being selfish. I want to watch that movie. I don't want to hear that. I don't want those people. People are going to tell me I have to be quit being selfish. I don't want them over for dinner. Mm-hmm. We're not inviting them to the picnic. And yet 
here in Christianity, in, in the church of Jesus Christ, the way Jesus meant the church to be, it's the very exact thing we should be. Where can I go? Which, which home group, which Bible study, which, which friends can I attach myself to that are going to teach me how to be more selfless, less selfish, more loving, and, and really be unoffendable? Who's going to help me with all this? And uh, that's what I should be looking for. Who do I hang out with? What church do I go to? What do I listen to? What do I believe? The ones that are the ones that are really calling me forward in those areas of unoffendability and selflessness and so and you know stepping aside from selfishness, going the other way, not being a victim all the time, mm. a woe is me kind of person. Yeah, and and constantly pushing forward and being like Jesus, walking in His image. Yeah, that's really good. The, the Vicar of Christ. And that community aspect of that is is so important, right? Because that there is a natural. Uh, replication of whatever's around us right so if we're, if we're surrounding ourselves with people who are not living like christ mm -hmm. and, and expecting ourselves not to be influenced by that we have to be pretty uh confident and strong in our faith to stand that without being you would know, that be anything like a chameleon right we take on the shape and color yeah. of whatever we're our yeah. surroundings are yeah and i think that's just totally wrong i don't think jesus did that no he brought those people he let those people come around him, but they. But he also still had his people with him too, and there was an influence. Right? He was, went to the yeah. sinner's house, but yeah. he didn't become a sinner. Right. He didn't look like them. Right. He was himself. He was a spectacle. Yeah. It's like light. You know, if you if you poured lighter fluid on yourself and lit yourself on fire, and it, let's just say it didn't burn you, mm -hmm. you just a guy walking around with a fire. Yeah. Uh, you'd be quite a spectacle. Yeah. I think everybody'd look at you. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to act like you guys. I'm, I'm on fire. Uh, you would catch a lot of attention. Yeah. And people would see, people would want to look at who you are. Why is that fire not burning you? Mm. Why is it different for you? Why is life different for you? I can't believe people just ask me, how are you doing? And I just say, I'm doing great. I can't tell you how many people a day that shocks. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah. they don't get that answer very often. I'm not on fire and it's not, not burning me, you know, but I want to be like that. I want that kind of reaction as if I were on fire walking around and I wasn't being burnt. Like, what's different? Why come you're not being burnt? Well, see, in life, people walk through life just getting burnt. We, we, we spend more of our day trying not to get burnt than we do trying to help others. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, man, this is like, this is like the coup de grace of being the vicar of Christ or, or walking in his image is that we don't let we are not supposed to let life burn us these guys were trying to kill him he didn't change a thing they said don't don't go to jerusalem now you'll die get behind me satan we're not going to stop the purposes of god because they have some agenda mm -hmm. no we're going to continue to go forward and 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 do what we came to do we're going to walk this out and we're going to love them all no matter how they feel about us <laughs> Yeah. Well, see, down that on that level right there, I got some room to grow. Yeah. I mean, not just a little either. I got a lot of room to grow, you know? That whole selfless, selflessness, selfishness battle, I think, is, like you said, it's, if anything's going to take us out of yeah. living in his likeness, it's that. It's, he, like you said, he marched to the cross despite what that was going to cost him. Paul, Crazy. you know, goes to Jerusalem anyway, even though he knows what's going to happen to him you know that that just that willingness to 
say that this is this is what we've got to do and i'm going to lay my life down no matter the cost really That's right when he calls us then to to love like he loved that has to include those kind of things oh of sacrifice God. right and surrender and yeah the only way that wouldn't shock you is if you didn't know how he loved right. oh how he loved oh yes i love you that's <laughs> what he did he said i love you yeah. no he went to a cross took nails beatings i mean you must not know what love what he, how he loved he laid down his life for others you must not know how he loved or you would like when it says love like he loved it's like uh do i have to <laughs> is that requirement yeah. yes this is the only command he gave and only those who obey that command are going to be allowed to be his disciple mm. and uh, it's like oh okay yeah okay i think you know what's amazing here's what's amazing and I don't know why everybody isn't ready for the life of following Jesus being like this, because it's all around us everywhere. So let's say I wanted to grow a garden mm -hmm. and I went out and I prepared some soil. Now, depending on how well I prepare that soil, right, it is going to be my outcome. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say for this, I'm really good at preparing soil. I have the richest, coolest, best soil there ever was. And I plant my seeds in it. And they sprout up and they are healthy. Well, guess what else sprouts up? The weeds. The weeds. The very same soil that is healthy and good for the harvest is healthy and good for the weeds. Jesus was surrounded by the weeds. He drew weeds like flies on poop. <laughs> He drew we he grew weeds everywhere. He drew the betrayers. He drew the 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 Pharisees. Yeah. He drew everybody and the seekers and the ones who wanted mm -hmm. truth. But he drew them all. He even drew the Romans. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was he attracted negative attention and positive attention. Mm -hmm. And that's because his soil was good. And Weeds grow in soil. It's a lot of work to constantly have weeds growing in your soil. But if you want to harvest, you're going to grow alongside There's the one parable. Let them grow together. We'll, we'll, we'll divide them in the end. You know, like, it's funny. I think we need to look at Jesus, and if we're going to imitate him, let's have a real-time a real uh, observation or a real-time determination. We'll come to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. How did he live? And whatever we conclude, we should reach for that. Yeah. That's what we should reach for. Yeah. And if we've been doing it for 50 years and we still have room to grow, then let's not grow weary. Let's continue to reach for the prize and run for the finish line, pummeling our body into submission so that we might finish this race, this fight. That's good. I just wanted to read a couple more scriptures. These okay. uh, you know, I read that one from Paul in Galatians, but just so that we don't think, sometimes Paul, you know, we think he's a little extreme and he's calling this something, but uh, John and Peter say the same, same similar things. John in First John 2, verse 6, he says, uh, the one who says that he abides in him, being Jesus, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So essentially, the one who says he abides in Jesus ought to himself walk in the manner Jesus walked. And that's... You know, don't just say it, do it, essentially. <laughs> you know, 
walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. So the verse before that says that it's obedience that proves that. Right. Yeah, you want to know if you, the one who says, I have come to know him, does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. This is how we know that we are carrying Jesus and he's carrying us. The one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the same manner as he did. The one who says it ought to imitate him. This, above all things, should be, you know, the, the, the anthem or the, the, this should be your, what's the, what's the word? Um, your motto. Yeah, motto this, yeah. yeah. This should be your motto is yeah. like, I walk, I try to walk as Jesus walked as proof that I'm in him and he's in me. Yep. And, then, uh, and what's the obedience he's talking about? Loving others. Every apostle, every epistle says, I commend you for your love for one another and your faith in the one he sent. Sometimes it just says faith, but uh, that's what it's about. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, it was repeat Peter, First Peter chapter 2. Hold on. Uh, starting in verse 21 through 25. 221, all right, yep. I'm there. He says, uh, for you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd, the guard, and the guardian of your souls. Amazing, isn't it? Yep. So this mess, you know, and that's just three scriptures. I could have kept going. I have others, but I won't for sake of time. But it's it's throughout the epistles that after walking with Jesus, these guys got this message that okay, we're <laughs> yeah. And I say yeah. it all the time yep. that these guys all said it. Yeah. You know, and you're you're highlighting yep. that. It's what credit is there if, if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. What credit is there if you're wrong and you get punished for it? What, what, what's, how is that credit? Yeah. But when you do right and get punished for it and do it patiently, now you're acting like Jesus. Hmm. And now this finds favor with God. Because wow. when you find – when you – are wrongly treated, offended, but take that offense patiently like Jesus did, God, this finds favor with God. And that's one of those that we want to just erase or at least avoid with the highlighter. Yeah, we just wish he didn't say that. (laughs) Yes. We we, we almost want to say when we do something wrong, let's not be punished for it. And and then when we do something right, let's only receive. And you know who he's talking to, right? Christians. Slaves. slaves. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's talking yeah. to he, the the paragraph starts with him talking to slaves. I think First Peter, right? Two. He's definitely. Yeah, he's yeah. talking to slaves. This is he's addressing slaves, and I mean, like we're so anti-slavery today. It's yeah. like we don't really get what he's talking about. That you and I are supposed to be slaves yeah. to Jesus. Right. We're supposed to be owned and bought with a price. Yep. Our life must be owned. And if it's owned, then we must do as our master does yeah. and as well, right? And so, so yeah, there's just this, so this message, and I think we'll, you know, we can wrap it up here really is 
live in his likeness be like That's christ right. be hit be you know the vicar word being the replacement of christ we can get weird about the language but really what it means is if people see you, do they see him? That's right. You know, is, is there enough evidence to convict you as a Christian? In That's your life? right. If you're on trial yep. for being a Christian, yep. that was also in that book. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was in that front of that Bible. It said, uh, "Are the things you're living for with Jesus Christ dying. dying for?" And then, if if you were put on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence yeah. to convict you? You know, and here, what you just read, Second Timothy. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Peter. Peter First Peter two. 21 the heading for the bible is christ is our example you yeah. know he's our example to follow and imitate and it's just so clear yeah. so let's you know let's do the world and the lost the the honor and the service of showing them christ and not you know not just in our words not just in you know god bless you but let's show them something real that they can see and and be transformed Repent, yeah repent really and turn amen. follow him so amen thank you for listening guys we'll be back next time have a wonderful week you are listening to the uncommon truth podcast produced by the father's house church in oroville california i'm luke and we created this podcast because we want to explore christianity the way that jesus intended it to be if you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org.